the EDP. Weird Norfolk, with Shifra Connor, Stacia Briggs and Richard Fair. So for this edition of the podcast, we've been brought to Tombland Alley, which is a an alley, as I say, and it cuts through between... <laughs> It's clever. I, I, I don't, not much research. gets past many, does it, really? Uh, it, it cuts between Princess Street and Tombland. And if you were going to create a set for a movie or something and you recreated this, people would reject it and say, no, that's not real. That couldn't possibly be. That building couldn't be that yeah, shape. Because everything is sort of on one side, isn't it? It's all sort of on the her, isn't it? It really is on the her. And sort of Tudor buildings, are they? Are they probably even older than that, are they? Mm. I think it's Tudor. Yeah. Um, don't, don't do proper history facts, Richard. No, that's a, we're it. in danger of no, educating, aren't we? I definitely oh. read that it's a Tudor building. Every, I definitely every read that. Every time there's even a question about, like, is it 19th century, I have to ask you and say, if it's 19th century, that means it's in the 1800s, doesn't it? <laughs> so that's, although I got an A at history. I don't know, what, what is Tudor? Well, that's it. You, you just said, I know, and you yeah, don't. No, so no, but is, it is Tudor, is it? but I don't know what year oh, that right, is. Okay. is that well, it was 14, built in 1504, wasn't so it? So that's 16th century. 15, yes. 16th century, yes. Because yeah. you always go one up. Yeah, so I, I have to be reminded of that every time. Yeah, because it's right. maths. So, okay, so now we know where we are. Why yes. are we here? So we're here for the, to talk about the classic, 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 mm. <laughs> um, Norwich Ghost Story. Um, which I think everybody knows, and it's the the Grey Lady of Tombland, also known as the girl who ate her parents. <laughs> that good old children's bedtime favourite. <laughs> it is. It's just it's such a brilliant story. So I'll I'll read it now. Once upon a time, there was a man, a woman, and their children who lived in Norwich in a little crooked house. The crooked house, a familiar Norwich landmark, is Augustine Stewart's house a remarkable timber-framed building which stands opposite the main entrance of Norwich Cathedral. The story goes, everyone who lived in Augustine Stewart's house had succumbed to the plague. Sick or infected people would be moved from houses and the house itself shut up and locked, locked for 40 days with a red cross and Lord have mercy upon us in capital letters written on the door. After the 40-day period, a white cross would be fixed on the door for another 20 days, during which time the house would have been fumigated cleaned and painted with lime clothes and household items had to stay in the house for a further three months it is said that this procedure happened in Norwich but the one family was accidentally boarded into their home possibly they were too ill to shout out or to let anyone know they were still there maybe they were all bar one dead weeks later bailiffs returned and discovered a grim and grisly sight In one room, the bodies of two adults were found, the mother and father. But when the bodies were examined, it was found that they had unusual marks on their legs. Human teeth marks. Next to the bodies of the parents was the corpse of a young girl. The story continues that this child had not been consumed by the plague, but rather had choked to death on the flesh of her parents, having been forced to consume them. A nice Chianti. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a classic one. Um, whether or not, well, we'll get to that yeah. point. But we're not entirely sure that this is actual factual. Actual factual. Yeah. And so the ghost of the girl. We'll ruin is, it from the beginning. Yeah, let's just ruin it. <laughs> the ghost of the girl is sent to haunt not only Augustine Stewart House but also Tombland Alley and some of the buildings in the surrounding area. 
Um, the Samson and Hercules is said to be there. She is said to be there. And she's said to be exactly where we're standing right now, which is the back door of St George's on Tombland. Um, or, sorry, on Princess Street. Um, and she was said to be, or she was seen by the vicar, who only retired, I think, last year. Um, and he saw her while he was practising a sermon and she kind of came in through the normal door and exited through the back door, which has only just been put back into use, but at the time was bought, was uh, completely sealed. So, so she walked across she walked straight through the door, yeah, to where we are now. Yeah. So it was very kind of them to put a door in now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice to have a door for the ghost to get through, yeah. I think they probably put it in for her. Do you think ghosts prefer to go through stone or through wood? Do you think they feel it? Because if it is, then it would be wood, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or would it be splinters? I don't think they feel it. Don't you? Although it's weird that she just walked through and didn't, like, make a door... Because there would have been a door there. Yeah. So why didn't she make, like, an action of opening a door? Because she wouldn't have just walked through the door when it was... And also, why did she come through the door that was open and then go through the one that... Go, just go back through the one that's open? Don't make life hard. Unless she was on the way somewhere, she was just yeah. passing through, using it as a shortcut, as a rat run. A rat run? A... Yeah, they possibly. Might... I don't know. Who knows what habits they had. But she was seen in the church, she's been seen in this alley. One of the first documented accounts that I came across of a grey lady, not necessarily this story, was in um, the evening news on the 6th of December 1973. Now I'm just going to read it. Um, Norwich is not so prolific in ghosts that we can afford to disown any claimant to our own local spirit population and believers in the supernatural will be glad to know that we have a recent addition to the ranks of wraiths. We should take serious cognizance of the latest recruit to the band. A local woman confided in Mr Hugh Thompson, manager of the Norwich Tourist Information Centre, whose headquarters are at Augustine Stewart's house on Tombland that she was startled to find a grey lady gliding along the cobbles of Tombland Alley. The apparition, she said, was clothed in grey from head to foot and was in full view for an appreciable time and then faded rapidly through a solid flint wall. Unfortunately, Mr Thompson did not take the name of the woman, the solid one, <laughs> it says in brackets, at the time, but he says she was thoroughly convinced that she had seen a ghost. But this is not the first time the Grey Lady has been seen. There have been similar reports of her appearance in this area before, so it is possible that the awesome visitor has some substance after all. Can she be one of Augustine Stewart's two wives, who should be cosily enconced, ensconced behind, beside her husband in St Peter Hungate Church? Could it be a nun who has lost her way between Norwich's many churches? Perhaps it was a seamstress employed by Taylor Stewart who was waylaid on her way home, or even one of the camp followers of the Marquis of North Northampton's or Earl of Warwick's troops. Yeah. Well, I want to know, is, is it ensconced or ensconced? <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Um, uh, it's a long time since the evening news has used a word like cognizant, isn't it? I actually think that was really nicely written, well, especially is. the little open the bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. wraith. Yeah, it's quite nice. Um, but following this story, our old friends, the Borderline Science Investigation Yay. Group. Yay. <laughs> They're like our boy band. Yeah, so when we think of that picture, which you really do need to Google yeah. to see, there's a picture of them 
Where is it? Isn't it? It was at the Magdalen Street. Isn't it? Sarah, the ghost on Magdalen Street. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, there's a picture of them. Is it on that story on for Weird yeah, Norfolk? Yeah. If you if you Google the story for Weird Norfolk about Sarah, the ghost at Magdalen Street, there is the best picture ever of the Borderline Science Investigation Group, who kind of. Uh, it's almost like they're they're having a competition to not look at the camera, or to look moody, <laughs> yeah. or both. <laughs> it's just a treat. Um, so they were reported in a follow-up article to have investigated the area the same month, but they don't appear to have done any kind of write-up in the Lantern, which was their like kind of yeah their publication. So that's quite interesting. I don't know what I'm assuming nothing happened else or they would so have written. Much happened that they couldn't forget. There was another article um, reported in the Evening News on the 12th of December 1973, so that was just after the piece that I just read, um, about, uh, this sounds really creepy, a shadow person haunting the cellar at the Samson and Hercules. A man who worked there went into the cellar for a quiet smoke, (laughs) saw a figure shrouded in black. He thought it was a colleague um, messing about, but it vanished when he got to the top of the steps. And then another witness, um, this time a woman, who again works there, she said she saw a figure which she described, this, I think this is really creepy, very tiny, hunched and in black. She saw the shadow person at 8.30am and the figure disappeared before her eyes. And she says she would often feel cold fingers running down her back. It's in interesting that, that it starts as black and goes to grey. Do you think there's been some kind of washing incident? Yeah, it's faded over time, hasn't it? Yeah. Way, <laughs> or our eyesight's got worse. Because yeah. a lot of them are black, a lot of them are grey, yeah. aren't they? It does change, doesn't it? Unless the inside ones are... Oh, no, because the one in the church it was a grey lady. Unless it is two different spirits. Um, this is the piece... So... We, me and Stacia said we both had new facts. Mm-hmm. And this is my... This is battle of the facts. This is Come battle on. of the facts. There is a story that in the 16th century, passages connect, connected what was the Samson and Hercules with the cathedral. Nearby was both a nunnery and a monastery. One of the nuns would often visit the monastery. So the story goes, she fell pregnant. Her punishment was to be bricked up in solitary confinement in a passage where she died at the spot which was used as a storeroom in the Samson and Hercules. So my theory is that that... She became pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) That's not my theory. Right. Okay. Um, But I'm wondering, because although we love this story, we actually couldn't find any facts that the eating of the parents happened. The, the, The plague dates don't quite match up. The advice to board up houses doesn't Actually quite... kick in. No, until 100 years later with the Black Death in London. That was when it was first... Yeah, so that was like one of the plague orders yeah. first came mm-hmm. out. So that, that wasn't really practised when the plague mm. was in Norwich. Um, so that doesn't quite tie in. Another thing that doesn't quite tie in is that Augustine Stewart, who built this house, he died... Yeah, so he died in 1571. Yeah. yeah. Um, so his family, he will have left his property to his family and it's quite likely that members of his family would have been actually living there and there's no record of them being in this kind of incident or eaten eaten. you know there is no nothing seems to tie up so the event either happened in the outbreak of plague in the 1300s when this didn't this building wasn't here and it's like a remnant of that story or I feel like it could have merged with this story from this nun who was bricked up because obviously if she's bricked up and she passed away, it's that kind of being locked away sort of thing. So I'm wondering if there's some kind of 
merging of stories. Mm. Um, being t- and obviously, the relation to the plague is that Tombland Alley actually bisects a graveyard. Is that the right word, yeah. bisects? Yeah, so on both sides there are raised um, areas of ground, kind of probably four to five feet, which were raised to get all the bodies in during two plagues, I think. Yeah. Um, but So it's likely that whoever died in that house, if anybody died in that house, is here. Yeah. Um, and it's, whilst, I'm, whilst we're here... I feel duty-bound in a fact-giving kind of way to say that the fact it's called Tombland has got absolutely nothing to do with tombs, has it? It just means it's an old word for open ground, isn't it? So although there are many tombs here, or there are many graves here, the Tombland is just, it's just good, good, it's just a happy coincidence, happy coincidence. And the other rumour is that there were plague pits under what is now Samson Hercules' house and along a lot of Tombland, that Two, I don't think there's any no. proof the that that happened. The only that we know is that the was is where we are now. Yeah, um, and it w- it? yeah, it wasn't like a plague. I think pit's a harsh word because it was part of a burial ground. Yeah, and still, normally so. even even in during plague times, even when there were a huge number of dead, they would try and give them a Christian burial. Yeah. So, I mean, I Colgate. It sound like they were just like thrown yeah, in, chucked, but they yeah. weren't at all. Um, Colgate is another church. Mm. I think Hungate is another one where there are plague graves. But on the whole, it kind of doesn't. It kind of goes against sense for you to bring all your dead in from across the whole city to the middle of the city, yeah. and then bury them there. They would have been buried where pretty much where they where they not where they died, but near to where they died. You're not going to risk carrying them through no. and infecting more people. Mm. My, now, my fact is that um, it's said that this church, so St George, which became one of the largest play, or one of the largest burial sites, when the bodies were being piled up or being carried in by cart, there was a lively trade in looting to see if the, you know, there was anything worth having on the bodies. And anyone who was caught, it is said, was taken to the top of St George's Tower and thrown off. Oh, really? And then put in the pit with the with the plague victims, dead or alive. <laughs> oh dear me! Yes, yeah, <laughs> rough justice. But um, I'm not quite sure. The sense of looting a plague victim is. But then they, you know, different they were different times. Different, times. different times. Different times. Yes, it couldn't be more kind of evocative where we are sitting right now on the. You are actually sitting yeah. on the steps, not on not on the graveyard, but. Um, as such a visual representation of what happened, that the ground is raised yeah. because it was so there were so many people to bury. To, because obviously it's so it's known for its associations with plague. I think it has to have a plague-related yeah. story. Yes. And whoever came up with the story, I mean, it's a brilliant story, genius. It's a it is a great story. I can't even find this story replicated anywhere else, say in London no, or. I can't or anywhere so it's not like this is a story that they've kind of borrowed and you know if if I was doing a tour I mean although the ghost I would say is interesting enough um it adds a certain piquancy doesn't Mm. it to kind of say oh but oh and you know in real terms in the in the plague that followed 100 years later with these regulations that came in where you had to board up a house you had to put a red cross on leave it for 40 days then put a white cross on then leave it for another 30 days 
and that no one was allowed to move in and no one was allowed to move any of the stuff out during that time, you know, kind of early infection control. The whole point was that you did not board up people who were dead because your house would be, you know, would possibly still have whatever it was that was causing the, so the lice or whatever. So before you boarded, there was actually instruction to remove any dead bodies. So, again, you know, it's unlikely that you would have a house as prestigious as Augustine Stewart and you wouldn't bother to go in and check that there wasn't an entire family in there, um, either of wealthy people, either dead or half dead. So... It makes me think it might have come from the earlier... If it does come from anything, because we're less likely to have records yeah. and the houses that would have existed here w- were long gone. We should but say, the story we are really out. keen for this to be true. Yeah, we want this to be yeah. true. Like, really what, what do you what, think, what, do you think What do we true? know about Augustus Stewart, though? Who, who was he? What? For God's sake, he knows this. <laughs> you, know. you know that only that I have so written mean. these notes. That's so mean. <laughs> well, Richard... I'm he glad was, you asked. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. He was born in 1491 in that very house. Well, or was he? Or was it that house? Well, let's say he was. And uh, he he married twice, went back to live in the house. Um, he had lots of children. He was a mayor of Norwich several times, I believe. He was a big cheese in Norwich, wasn't he? Yeah, did he not he build the Guildhall? He did. Did he not build Blackfriars Church at St Andrews? <laughs> did he not do all of these things? If he did, ring once. If he didn't, Did ring. he not play a leading part in the negotiations during Kett's Rebellion, Richard? Yes. He probably did. Yes, he did. Have you? I wonder if it was from, from a fine online dictionary service. Um, yeah, and it, oh, thank God it says here it's a, it's a survive, fine surviving example of successful Tudor merchants. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. Um, and since since being his his house and the house of a cannibal child, um, it's been a butcher's, a broker's, an antique dealer's. Which I think it, is it. I don't. What is it now? Well, the, 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 the escape rooms, which I heard are really good. Yeah. Would it be great if they let us do that for yeah. a review? Yeah. Amazing. And the Norfolk and Norwich Festival yeah. offices are there. Is it? Yes. Well, that's a reason to go and work for them, isn't it? Yes. That reminds me. What? Someone on Instagram who used to work there said that... So she was part of the Norfolk and Norwich Festival. And she said that stuff used to happen in there quite often. She, that she's got lots of tales. I should have asked Things her. Things went I down. Forgot. Until this very moment. Until this very moment. <laughs> live. Yeah. On air. I have so, to say that the first note on Shifra's... Read... Shifra's note to me when I write things I she does me I can't find any record of this actually happening <laughs> although that obviously doesn't mean it didn't that's right yeah it's, it is one of those things though isn't it that, that all the elements are here so you think this is if there's going to be a, a haunting anywhere in yeah. Norwich this yeah. is the place to do it but it could be that you know over the period of time other hauntings and visions have all sort of been brought here mm. to make this into one consolidated ghost story isn't it mm. so when you think about yes it was tombland it was open space they used to have markets mm. and fairs here didn't they mm. so there were lots of people around lots of merchants no doubt obviously the but not far from um the, where, where the the convent was just behind yeah. us pretty yeah. much so there was lots of people passing through here lots of people dressed in black mm. probably yeah. monks good times nuns all sorts of things the cathedral I mean, yeah. what always fascinates me, aside from that, is how close this church is 
to the cathedral. Um, you know, what, what was the was there some sort of rivalry? Do you did you go to one or the other oh, or both? Do you or? know, I, I'm glad you asked that because <laughs> I did look into that, and it did used to be called. I think the gate used to be called, or, or the, the cathedral is the Holy Trinity. Right. This used to be the Church of the Holy Trinity, so they were kind of linked in somewhere. And I think the the. Uh, at the service which marked the opening of these new doors we stand next to now, they had a kind of um, ecclesiastical joke. Um, so prepare to stitch thy sides, um, which was that um, during a... Tw- uh, oh, it was in 12... 11th century... Oh, if it was in 12... Yeah, 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 yeah. Century. No, it was, in the, it was in 12 something. So it was the 13th. 13th. Oh, for God's sake... So hard. Thirteenth century. <laughs> can't do, I can't do it. I can't do maths. Um, okay, in the thirteenth century, there was an altercation involving um, townspeople and the church, and they climbed the kind of people who were against those at the cathedral climbed up the tower and were firing flaming arrows at them. And so, when they did their little service for the door, they kind of said. You know, we're putting that to rest now. Because the dean came over to the cathedral and they said 750 years, you know, it's a bit like three lines of hurt. <laughs> and we're now <laughs> putting it to one side. Because no when, when I was asked, sort of putting that point, was I very nearly said it's a stone's throw away, but actually it's just a flaming arrow yeah, away from the cathedral. It's a flaming arrow. It was in 1272, which is in the 13th <laughs> century. Richard. So I believe, yes. I believe so. There'd been friction between town and gown over land rights. And it came to a head at the Trinity Sunday Fair in Tombland, after which violence flared between citizens and monks. The monks fired... Or I don't think the monks fired flaming arrows, did they? It says the monks at the cathedral claimed that flaming arrows were fired into cathedral close from the top of St George Tombland. And the bell tower was burned down along with St Ethelbert's Church inside the gates. Deaths on both sides. Things were so bad that King Henry III popped in to sort it out. There we go. Wow. I know. Literally, I have properly researched this one. Like I'm surprised. You, the papers have been blowing over. It was weird really because it's been really peaceful and calm. But when you started talking about the the, 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 the bodies under yeah. this piece of ground, which yeah. you're almost sitting on, Shifra, I'm not almost sitting on it, almost. that wind started to get up, didn't it? Yeah. And your papers started flying yeah. and all sorts it of things. It did, yeah. I should also note, just because this is probably my favourite, one of my favourite churches in Norwich, um, St George's on Tombland. It's absolutely stunning inside there. They've got some beautiful pre-Raphaelite glass. It is a real beautiful church and beautiful in nature too. It's a kind of really welcoming church. They had a, a service for um, transgender people last year. They're super gay friendly. They are just really welcoming and inclusive and thumbs up to that, A. Eh? Double thumbs. Double thumbs. Any but more facts? This is, this is, we could sit and talk um, about this all day. Yeah, we could do, to be fair. The only thing I think I need to add in is that our people have reported hauntings in St. Augustine. I always say St. Augustine. It's not, he's not a saint. Know, Augustine, Augustine Steward's house. Yeah. So, um, St. Augustine's was a swimming pool, don't Yeah, St. Augustine's. <laughs> Haunted swimming pool. <laughs> But don't they say there was a swimming pool under Ritzies? Yeah, I think there yeah, was, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah, I've heard so that story. My mum, my mum and daddy's going to Ritzies. Me. Sorry, 
Um, so there are reports of hauntings in the actual building. Um, apparently the spirit likes to move things around. Yes. And so when it was um, an antique store, bits used to get moved around and doors are opening and closing. So there are actually... DJ in Ritzy's, when it was Ritzy's, which was 1982 to 1999, um, Ritzy's nightclub saw a grey lady floating along the corridor. He assumed it was apparently youths <laughs> used to break in through the ladies' toilets to go and have an illicit dance. Um, so he assumed it was them and then it was actually um, one of Satan's minions. This um, area is so, like, close, isn't it? So one, I can see how one spirit could easily move through different properties because it would have been completely different at one time anyway and everything's so kind of on top of Don't each other. It's not used for more filming it's perfect it's, just, isn't it? it's it, absolutely everything as you is pointed here out from the very second we got here it is it, it couldn't get any better could it really no when you, when you put this with elm hill yeah you know you could walk down here and just imagine that it was the 12th or 13th century <laughs> is there a conclusion to this story but <laughs> a question when was the last when was she last seen do we know has she gone? Has she gone quiet now? Well, I, I've only like been your able Instagram to. Instagram lady. Yeah, maybe. So that was a few years ago, but I don't think it was. She was the grey lady was actually seen. I think that was just stuff being moved. So, but the to be fair, the only like records I have seem to be from the seventies. Yeah. So actual visual manifestations Proof. is mm. is seventies. A lot of this stuff did seem to happen in the seventies. It wasn't much on telly, was there? <laughs> they didn't have much to do. <laughs> they were looking more, wouldn't they? Everyone nowadays, you'd walk through your only phone, wouldn't you? Then you wouldn't well, see anything. She'd be like, kind of like literally doing the hokey cokey, and yeah. they'd be like, you know, Instagram, yeah. live feeding something. I like thinking, because I work, part of my day job is working with photographers, and the amount of pictures they've taken, like we have got millions of pictures in the archive, and none of them have ever caught anything. The amount of pictures that they've taken, you'd think statistically, they would have got something. But mm. if you put that picture on the internet... Oh, yeah, people love Then it. people will argue mm. yeah, till they're blue it, in the yeah. face that it's, a, that it's a ghost. If a photographer could catch one of the things that we've written about, what would you want it to be? Well, I'd I want it to be the Gildencroft bogey. Yeah, but I, I, I would kind of want it to be the grey lady. Would yeah. you? Yeah, because, it, because it, it, it's not her mum and dad? Well, not necessarily, no. Maybe she's going to have to... teeth. An after-meal stroll through <laughs> Toomland, <laughs> just no. to walk it off. <laughs> quick, quick walk along by, by Pools Ferry, <laughs> and for an aperitif <laughs> at the Adam and Eve. Maybe that's where she goes. Pops to the Adam and Eve, and that's where what their ghost is. Yeah, she's gone in for an after-dinner tipple. And then on the way back, she's cut through the church to beg for forgiveness before she goes back home. Yeah, there you go. Into Ritzy's for a dance. <laughs> One, another thing, actually, that makes me think, it's always like, because so in the story it's a little girl, whereas all, it's always a, 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 like an adult in all the sightings, apart from that one in the bottom, in Samson, in the cellar, in the yeah. cellar which was like a tiny figure. And that makes me think more of her, like a tiny, obviously hunched over, probably terrified, like little girl. Or the, the grey lady is a woman, not a little girl. Bad times to have to eat mum and dad, isn't it? Yeah. Which one would you eat first if you're mum and dad? Weird Norfolk. Produced and edited by Richard Fair.
the EDP.